This is Dubai Eye 103.8. Korea Clinic. Okay, and in the blue corner on George's team, <laughs> we have Neymar Dad, who is Chief Executive and Founder of Gates Hospitality. First of all, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Um, I mean, you basically may as well get up and leave because you're supporting George. So I don't really think I have anything else to say I, I to must, you. I must start by saying the tension in the studio, guys. <laughs> it's unbelievable, but I'm happy to be here. I do have a strong opinion and I'm about to stipulate the same. I love it. I love it. Okay. Okay. So let's just set let, let's just set the scene. For anyone that's not familiar with you, Name, you've been in the hospitality business here for a long time. I don't want to say decades. All my life. Ages you a little bit. <laughs> but you've worked all over the world, Australia, Asia, the Middle East. And just before you came on I was talking about Farley by Nick and Scott reform and um, the line you know you have lots and lots of businesses and you've grown Gates Hospitality into a huge brand so we're going to get to your story but we're going to just go back a second and talk about setting salaries and picking pay schemes because you walked in and you're like I wish I was here two seconds ago because I agree with George. So I'm going to give you your time. I'm going to give you your space to tell me why you think employees shouldn't set their own salary, uh, even though you're wrong as well. It's <laughs> simply not realistic. That's why. Um, and any any job, any role should have a elasticity in, in the payment. But again, there should be a, a, a benchmark. There should be a bracket where people should be rewarded for that particular role that you're about to offer them. Uh, and these these uh, figures are actually based on industry norms, industry standards, rather than my decision or what reform would have to pay or what the lion has to pay or ultra pays. This is in- industry norm, and the ranges need to be uh, respected in order to make sure that we help these guys uh, have a good good income. But also, equally as important, make sure that when they leave us and join another company, they stay realistic, and vice versa. And you remain competitive as well. That's and of course, important. keeping keeping people um, in in our um, circle, well rewarded and well looked after. Now I get both of you are coming to this from a place of experience, whereas I manage no people and I employ zero members of staff. So I, I do take your point and I do understand you're operating a business. So we'll come back name to this. Tell us a little bit about your story. Tell us Gates Hospitality is here, but tell us how you started. Sure. So uh, Gates is has been in the making since 2010. Uh, but prior to that, my previous life was 27 years in hotels. So I've been fortunate enough to have travelled around the world with various brands. Conrad Hilton princi- principally is my background. And the um, previous eight years of uh, before starting Gates, four years with Six Senses, MD for the region, and followed by three and a bit years for um, Anantara. So really nice. hotels, hospitality in principle. Um, yes, high ends and, and very specialized boutique, luxury um, and, and service oriented organizations. You know, every time I go to a hotel, I, I, I'm, I'm mesmerized by how, how difficult it must be to manage a hotel. I mean, all the little things, that, all the little parts coming together and between the hospitality and the FMB and the, and, and the rooms and the, 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 the you know, the, uh, the, the staff and, and, and the pools and the infrastructure is just incredible. It, it, it must be a really, really t- difficult job. Well, it's, it's, it is difficult, but it's very rewarding as well because it's, it's really not a job. It's a lifestyle. It takes over your life. Yeah. Principally, you, you, if you're running a hotel, that becomes your life. And between the team that work for you, the guests that actually come and enjoy um, your, your ownership, your brand that you're representing, there's a lot of parties involved. And to balance all of these um, acts is a, is a job on its own. Yeah. Uh, there's something I've always wanted to ask someone. Did you ever stay in the properties that you managed ever? Did Before you ever st- or during or after? During. Yeah, always do. 
it's very important that you do because again um, you see things that you actually miss um, when you're working when, when you're part of the organization yes so you can't relax right you're you're sat by the pool maybe you know just relaxing and you notice something that you're not quite happy 100% with right for, for more reason than one one is you, you think some of the guests will recognize you and they'll ask themselves what what is he or she doing here <laughs> um, and also the team are different around you yeah. Uh, yeah. For, for obvious reasons yeah they must so, be so you can't yeah. relax you, you're constantly so you on wait, duty you've got a waiter waiting by the pool five meters away from you at all times and yeah. just waiting for you to flick an eye yeah, oh, how can I help you we love that attention yeah. by the way yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay so you, you've had a long career in hospitality what was the what was the final point for you the tipping point I guess when you go you know what I've worked really hard a lot of people have long careers in hospitality and think I'm just going to coast now but you decided I'm going to go out on my own and start my own company what was the what was the decision point for you Okay, again, being uh, I'm always being um, told that I'm over ambitious, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But I, I don't rest. Um, again, I decided that working for organisations can be limiting at times because you, you're executing someone's vision rather than your own. Yeah. And having my own vision, I've decided in 2010 that I branch off and, and do my own. And what I've done with Gates basically developed three business silos: uh, resorts and hotels, food and beverage, and spas. And under these three silos, we have another three business disciplines. One is invest, one is invest and operate, and the one is consultation. And we have all of these parameters operating today in, in, the, in the market. So that's, that's a quick summary of how we started. And the focus was purely based on food and beverage. Um, there was a massive vacuum in the market. Um, six, seven years later, it's changed. There is an oversaturated market that we play in today. But um, that's where the focus was based on the vacuum that was in the market. Okay, so you set up back in 2010. Ten, we started, yes. Yeah, so n nine years, almost ten years. Tell us what it was like launching a brand yourself. Like you said, you've worked for Conrad, you've worked for some of the, these big brands, big companies. How did you find the ethos for, for, for launching a brand and for your company? Look, I was fortunate because I was involved for 27 years in, in hotels. I was involved in launches and, and uh, startups. So I had a lot of experience, exposure in multiple markets across the globe, uh, be it Asia, be it Australasia, uh, Middle East, of course. So I've been, I was fortunate enough to have that experience being exposed to these things. Um, it, it wasn't easy. Um, having said that, it'll be a lot harder today to do because the market has evolved and matured over the we, we don't have a mature market we have a, a semi-mature market but very competitive market well anybody entrepreneurs who want to go into the restaurant industry i'm looking at you george or anyone listening um what would your advice be to someone who's thinking about setting up a restaurant because like you said there's a lot of restaurants here so we, have, we, we are one of the highest per capita in, uh, around the globe uh, from a, a service provider perspective. Um, advice? Know your business. It's, it's not as um, glitzy as it seems from the outside. The, the business actually doesn't start when you open the door. The business starts um, five, if not six hours ahead of opening, whether it's the purchasing cycle, whether it's the preparation, the mise en place, the recruitment. Um, so there's, there's a lot more than what actually the, the eye sees from a, from a consumer. Naeem, why, why are we among the highest per capita in the world? Um, don't get me started. Yeah. Uh, but again, we have absolutely minimal regulation when it comes to it's obtaining a trade license today. It's fairly straightforward, fairly simple. If you have the capital, you have the location. I would beg uh, to differ. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it, it, it is fairly, it, it's doable, put it this way. Yeah. Elsewhere in the world, you'd have to wait for someone else to close to buy that license mm. or you have to f wait for someone so limited to vacate. Number, limited number of, it's, of It's regulated. Yeah, yeah. It's regulated based on the capita. And Dubai does this very well with RTA. Okay, so, so, so you're telling me in New York, for example, there's a certain number of licenses for restaurants. You can 
can't you can't just open a new restaurant anytime you want. Uh, two folds. License uh, obviously licensed restaurants is different from regular restaurants. Two two folds. There are multiple licenses. Whether you have cold, whether you have hot kitchen, whether you have liquor, whether you have uh, an all day dining, um, and the other type is based on operating hours, depending on the neighborhood that you're operating in. Okay, so there is a limited number of licenses. There are indeed. Yeah, okay. Okay, so we're going to ask you a few questions in terms of your achievements and more importantly, your failures. We're going to start with the bad bits first because I think sometimes we, we get people on this show, they're very successful, you, you run a successful company, but there must have been some big mistakes on the way too. There's always mistakes um, and we are continuing doing mistakes, but I think the biggest win of, of mistakes is to make sure that we talk about them, we define what they are, we don't repeat them because if you repeat a mistake, that's the biggest mistake you can make. And what stands out to you as one of your biggest failures? Look, the, the biggest failures for me was, um, I think we moved fairly rapidly, but again, there was a, there was a vacuum in the market. And if we didn't react, uh, others would have jumped in for the same reasons with maybe less experience, more experience, different offering. But I think we moved in fairly quickly. Um, yet again, I think we fueled the real estate market as well by being over eager and uh, supportive of the... Um, Ridiculous rates that were charging at the time. Things have changed and we, we're more realistic today. Um, and, and last but not least, again, there was such a huge rush um, when it came going back to the salary scale. Um, if we saw someone actually doing well in a, in a role, we threw money at them in order to attract them and get them to work at us. So we've helped actually deregulating that payroll as okay. well. Okay. And in terms of achievement, is there anything that stands out like over the past nine years? This is, you know, your baby. Anything that stands out to you as a real big achievement that you're Look, really the, proud of? The, the um, I'm proud of, of having local heroes. And what I've managed to do in the, in the last nine years is surround myself with people that are actually specialists in what they bring to the table, whether it's reform, uh, which has been referred to as an institution in, in Dubai. It's big. It's family. You can you can go yeah. at any given time of the day, and there is um, there is family, there is uh, individuals, the punters. Um, it it talks to across the board anyone. Um, folly again. So again, what we have managed to do over the last nine years is position Gates as a as a service provider across multitude of venues. We didn't say let's let's do ten reforms or let's do ten follies or ten bistro desserts. We we went in uh, location. Who are the audience? What are we trying to uh, to serve, yeah. and we plugged a solution. Um, and the last success factor, I think, what we did was all homegrown catering for the people that actually reside here rather than importing brands uh, with their limitations and all success stories. Okay, you're listening to Starting Out. We're continuing this conversation with Naim Madad. He's the chief executive and founder of Gates Hospitality. There's nearly 12,000 restaurants here in the UAE. Find out what makes Gates restaurants and their brand different. We're now also in conversation with someone with a little bit more experience in running a business than me too. We're with Naim Madad, who is the chief executive and founder of Gates Hospitality. So thank you for staying with us. Um, I know you have strong feelings on that conversation. And for anyone that didn't hear, we know that you side with George. But uh, They're not strong feelings, they're facts. <laughs> Thank I, don't, you. I don't operate on feelings. Thank I'm so <laughs> outnumbered here. I'm so outnumbered as the only professional in, in here Thank when you. it comes to running a business. I You're think we should listen to me. Or whatever you call it. <laughs> if you want to join in this conversation, pop over to Facebook. We're broadcasting live on there too, so you can see just how seriously we are all taking it. Just a recap Gates Hospitality looks after places you know in Dubai you might not realize. The Lion by Nick and Scott, Bistro Des Arts, um, you have Reform as well. Lots of different places. Public in Medina Jumeirah as well. Okay, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Ultra Brasserie. And, and just a few minutes ago, George was actually asking you, you know, where is the busiest place you have? And 
I could have guessed this. I could have guessed this for myself um, because it's kind of an institution. Dubai. Look, the the institution, as we refer to it, is it's a well-oiled machine. Reform Social and Grill has been around. For, it's, it's in six year today. Um, okay. And it's extremely strong. Um, it does a- activations very well. It's stable. It's consistent. It's relevant to the market. Represents value, and and really it, it enhances and um, replicates all of the brand ethos. Being innovative, um, belonging, enriching engagement. It talks to all of the brand pillars, um, and it it really enforces them at any given day of the time. Okay, and I accept it's, it is always busy, particularly when it comes to September, October onwards when people can use out the outdoor space. I get that. What do you think of the price point? Price point for this market, um, we, we're not the cheapest. But again, what I always push for is when people leave the venue, they always say it's great value for money. So again, from a value proposition, I think Reform is very well positioned and it's success story, uh, seven years and seven years in, in a restaurant in the UAE today is, is a lifetime elsewhere in the world. Yeah. Um, it, it, tells, it answers your question. So we, we're not the cheapest, but it's not about being cheap. It's about making sure that whatever we put on the table, whatever experience we give the guest represents value for money. So I was saying a few minutes ago, almost 12,000 restaurants here in Dubai. It's very competitive. And, and seven years, like you said, is a, is a long time. But, you know, a lot of people would say there's a restaurant opening and closing every 10 minutes here. And how do you keep that customer base coming back? Uh, consistency, um, activations, and, and making sure you give people reasons to keep you at the forefront of their uh, decision making when it comes to uh, choosing a venue to go out for. But I think what's been really the, the, the success story of Reform, it's consistent, it delivers value, and it always has a, a, a lovely vibe to it. And it feels like you're elsewhere in the world. And, and I guess, are you looking to replicate that model within your business or do you see that as a standalone? Because some of your other places, much more expensive, not as affordable, uh, and some of them slightly more affordable. So... Are you looking to replicate the success of Reform? Yeah, or it's, it's, a, it's a shame that this is how, how you view my business. It's not about price point. Uh, it's, it's what you actually get at the, as a consumer at the end of the, spending that check. Um, so they're not expensive. It's what they're representing for, from an experience. And if you are referring to Folly, for example, um, Folly in its category elsewhere in the world, it's actually very cheap on the offering. Whilst the price may seem expensive, but based on the experience that delivers, the quality that, that it delivers, the location that it sits in, and the service engagement that you get, it's very affordable. Um, replication is, is not a, um, an approach that I'm having. It's about making sure that we look at the communities, we look at the locations, and, and find solutions for those. Um, ten of my businesses in the UAE t- talk to the local market here. We, we don't actually talk to um, the tourism factor as such. So we are positioning ourselves as a local heroes for the local communities. And I get, I completely get what you're saying. You know, you don't want to look at your business in terms of a price point constantly. But if you talk to a lot of people here, they're reducing what they're doing in terms of spending money, whether it's going out for dinner, whether it's takeaways, whether it's going to the cinema, because times are tough for people. So price point is going to drive some of your customers towards you or away from you. Well aware, um, but but again, what we have managed to do as an industry in the last 12, 18 months is um, nurture and, and develop these um, discount kings and queens. And, and people are now making decisions based on a price rather than an experience, which is totally incorrect. Elsewhere in the world, you have people queuing up to go and eat someone's food, a chef's food or a cuisine yeah. particularly. We don't have that. They, they base their decisions here on what's the special. We, we have actually people calling up now to venues saying, what time is happy hour or how long is happy hour? Yeah. So the fact that people are being driven by discounts 
that's not an experience. Sorry, that's bargain hunters. And that's that's a conversation that was um, took place on the agenda early this week on Dubai. And I think it is an interesting fact. Are these discount schemes, offers, you know, are they driving the quality down in the also, market? Also, I think different venues... Uh, need different approaches I don't, correct me if I'm wrong I think different venues depending on their offering you know you can't tell me or you can maybe that that uh, you know your local restaurant or your local corner restaurant provides an experience right if I'm going to get burgers and fries it's burgers and fries if I'm going to a sophisticated venue or or something that offers something that something somebody else doesn't yes it's an experience then I totally agree with you you're going for the experience you're not going for the price point or you're not going for the bargain or whatever it is I think and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong uh, depending on the on the venue, depending on the brand, depending on the offering that you're doing, then it's 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 a it's a balance between price point and experience and, 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 and offering right. and so the, on. The right? brand brand promise has to deliver. Whatever yeah. you position position yourself, you have to deliver on whatever pay uh, level you're at mm. or, or a price point you're at. Um, nonetheless, my point is when you start going and offering these heavy discounts, something has to give. Yeah. The, the, yeah. As a business. If you continue on doing what you're doing from from fifty percent two for one, you can't survive. Mm. The quality can't remain the same. From either. a sustainability yeah. as well, the places will not be around, and we've seen so many closing based on that. So, do you close by giving discounts, or do you close by being empty? One of no, the one it. of the things I, I wanted to ask you about, name is the food trends. We're, we're often hearing about the next big thing. What do you see uh, as being some of the big food trends coming to this region? Food trends, I think, will be driven by local produce more than uh, cuisines as such. I think we've seen the cuisines come and go, and we've obviously the last 12, 18 months, we've seen the Greek um, influx yeah. uh, <laughs> on, on the city. It's crazy, isn't it? It's like, you yeah. know, we need a Greek restaurant, all of a sudden there's eight Greek restaurants. But, but it tells you how uh, we have a lot of followers rather than innovators in the market. So mm. they copy someone's idea without actually understanding the fundamentals, which is very dangerous. But some of them have closed already. But, <laughs> yeah, but you know, Naim, in fairness, I've been here 15 years, and ever since I come here, I, I've always said this place lacks a good a good uh, Greek restaurant. All of a sudden, they all mushroomed up. There's a brilliant one. I'll tell you about it later. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the, there are still uh, poor representations. If you think of Chinese cuisine, affordable. Yeah. Uh, good, so there are vacuums in the marketplace. Mm. Um, but that doesn't mean that once uh, a place is successful, and I'll take the, the old Zuma, um, a lot of people jumped on the bandwagon because that particular venue was very successful and they thought we can do Japanese as well. And still is very successful. It, absolutely. Yeah. It's, 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 it, it is a respectable um Business. But consistent, right? I mean, Zuma's been consistent. Right. You know what you're getting. And that's yeah. that's part of the uh, yeah. winning formula, is to make sure that when you walk in, you know what you're getting. You know, I'd love to do a show on restaurants one day. We should do that, Natalie. We should. We I'd should. love to be there too. We've, yeah. got, <laughs> we've got a couple of questions that have come in for you. Uh, Mona's texting and says, for a first-time business owner, would you recommend franchising? This is in terms of a restaurant. It's a good business model. It all depends on the knowledge bank that you have uh, as a first-time owner. If you're counting on someone's success story and don't have any experience in the industry, it's probably the safest way to go forward. Um, nonetheless, you still need someone to represent you and challenge the franchise or on your behalf. Okay. And what about pop-ups? Beatrice has texted and says, what do you think pop-ups are the future? Is that a model that you can see working long-term? Yeah, look, pop-ups, I think they, they're very clever. They minimum investment, you can test the water, but pop-ups don't actually have a security factor. They don't say that if this pop-up works because it's a pop-up, it doesn't mean that a business is going to work. So you have to be very careful. Okay, Dawn um, has tweeted and she says, can you, ex- can you please explain how every cafe and restaurant is a new concept? We just want delicious food and drink at a good price served by nice people. I mean, it sounds simple. <laughs> 
But it doesn't always happen. It, look, it doesn't because, again, we have so many people jumping on the industry by thinking that it's an easy industry to, to be involved in, uh, assuming that you make a lot of money by being uh, involved in the in the industry and having absolutely no value to add, uh, positioning as a, as a matter of fact. And, and you see a lot of uh, Asian restaurants, Italian restaurants serving shisha. And I, I think it's, yeah. it's a total disconnect, total <coughs> disalignment. You need to stick to your concept and it's really go with it. Grab every dirham you can. Listen, I think the main... The main the main issue here is some of us are, are fortunate to, to travel a lot, and you as well, Naeem, I'm sure. It's just, it just comes down to we pay so much more in restaurants here than we pay elsewhere. Um, I know, you know, we all know what, what, what the issue is. We know that the rents are high, that, you know, that a lot of taxes on a lot of things and so on and so on. But at the end of the day, is your price point, maybe not you, I'm not talking about you in general, but is the industry priced at a point where the customer is ready to pay that much or is it priced I need to charge this much to survive yeah two, two faults in the answer so we operate in London we operate in Australia and my margins aren't as different globally so mm. our pricing isn't that high but our cost factor it's, it's all relevant that's one, yeah. one, uh, one part the second part is I think what we need to be very careful is, is make sure that Dubai as you, you mentioned earlier actually it's, it's nearly a startup yeah. and this startup when it was built it was developed for the five star luxury we, we forgot about four-star and three-star, and I'm not talking Correct. about hotels, yeah. I'm talking about service provision. Correct. So today we have this vacuum in the market, and as, a, as an industry, hospitality industry that is, we're not ready to service that sector because we everything comes at a price. Yep. And unless that formula changes, it's going to be tough. Okay, final question before we let you go. <laughs> Last question of the grilling, I should say. Uh, Vera <laughs> says, landlords need to be more considerate. Residential rents are going down. Commercial ones need to follow suit. Are you seeing that commercial rents are coming down or not? Look, I'm, I'm only going to say this because it's Saturday and hopefully no one's listening. <laughs> landlords um, Everybody's listening. I Come hope, on. I, I, I really have to say that what has happened over the last um, 24 months at least, uh, particularly with my approach, I've kept going back to my landlords saying, Let's be realistic. We add value to your business. We draw footfall. We position your, your building and so forth. And we're consistent. We pay on time and so forth. Yeah. Uh, there has been a huge uh, reaction, positive, I must, I must say. And we have seen prices Correct. Are, are coming down. Yeah. Are they where they should be? Not yet. I haven't stopped. I'll continue on going until we reach a point where it's fair uh, percentage of the, of the revenues that any business should be pulling. Uh, but there has been a shift. And I, honestly, I think we... we we, we owe them a thank you in a, in a way, but what we should be seeing is a lot more support from authorities and regulators to make sure that it's all aligned and it's all very transparent. In your, in your opinion, Naeem, and this is just a, you know, just a question out there. What, Online. What, 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 percentage, <laughs> what percentage of your revenue should be, uh, should be uh, your rent? What, what is the normal industry standard my, worldwide, let's say? My magical formula, and this applies to my business, yeah. uh, anything between 8% up to 12% is a norm. Anything higher than that, your your reasoning should be different than a business model. Okay. It sh- should be about positioning your business yeah. rather than a P&L. But regularly, 8 to 12% 8 to of 12% your revenue. 8 to 12% of your revenue should be done. rent. Okay, that's all we've got time for from the man who drives a hard bargain but serves a great meal. Um, Naeem Madad is the chief executive and founder of Gates Hospitality. Thank you so much for coming on the show and telling everyone nobody listens. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks, for, Thanks no, Naeem. I actually meant landlords. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you Thanks off. Thanks very much. We'll have you back again, I'm sure. Thank you so much for your time. This is Dubai Eye 103.8.